McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Bumblebee fans, and welcome to PO Forecast episode 74. Well, after a part one and part two, we said we could do a part three, and rejoining me to the podcast is Freddie Webb and Proudy. How are you boys, all right? I'm doing very well. How are you, Hugh? Yeah, mate, I'm good, Freddie. Um, yeah, I'm good. Football seems to be coming back, and hopefully League One can make a, a decision on what's going on. Yeah, I've been watching some ridiculous games on television, but the Football League's not back there yet, so that's a shame. What's the best game you've watched so far? Uh, it was probably FC Magitterland against AC Horsens in the Danish league. <laughs> that, that's the depths I've gone to for watching football at the moment. Like it. Go YouTube that. It probably won't be there. Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Proudy, how's it going, mate? How are you? Yeah, I can't complain. As you said, you know, football's nearly back. Um, I can't. I just can't wait to just see Pompey in action again. It's, I felt. I, I'm trying to remember the last time we played them. I know we played Fleetwoods. And it was March, wasn't it? And it feels like it was about four years ago, but it was only like, it was just under three months ago. It's just like, it feels like it's been way too long. It's definitely been way too long. Um, And also, as we've been moaning about, League One seems to be the longest league out there at the moment. So just to get things going today, uh, we're going to go through all the players that we have not already done rating them. So we did the goalkeepers in the last episode. Go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. So we're going to go through all the defenders, all the midfielders, all the attackers um, and give them a rating out of 10 for how they've done this season. Um, just before we get into that, did you guys hear the news about Sunderland and their how they look after their fans? Freddie? Uh, I did, yeah. And uh, I read a lot of comments. I used to live in Newcastle, so I knew a lot of Sunderland fans. So as I know, all of them are very pissed off about what they've essentially did, um, where effectively their season tickets have become streaming passes. Yeah, Proudy, do you think that's cool if you and your housemates live, you know, four of you live in one house and you basically only need one TV to watch it all together, but you're paying for four of them? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not brilliant. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I think... Uh, if they were to offer it out for the rest of the season, I can understand. But the fact that they're saying this could be for next season as well is, I think, the thing that has really triggered a lot of people, um, especially the amount of money that people are spending on season tickets as well. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be happy if I'm having to pay, uh, what, like upwards of £500 just to watch all the games on my TV. Um, you might as well just get a Sky TV subscription. Like, It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, I, hopefully, they'll backtrack on it, but... I mean that's that's football nowadays. You know, it's all about money first uh, rather than the fans. It's not even the ho- it's not even just the um, it's only just the home games, isn't it? The season pass you have to you have to pay mm. for individual away games. You want to watch those? Yeah, so that makes it even worse. It's absolutely ludicrous, mate. But you know what we'll do is keep a close eye on Pompey, and uh, I'm sure we won't be following the Sunderland route because you know we're not trying to rinse everyone at the moment. All right, let's go into it, boys. Um, let's start off with a bit of contract news, some positivity. Steve Seddon extended until the end of the season, whenever that bloody is. Um, obviously, he could be an important contributor if the season plays on, less likely in my opinion, or if we get to the playoffs and get the opportunity to get promoted uh, against Oxford. I think it's fair to say, Proudly, that it's Steve's a massive part of the team, isn't he? He was turned around in, in our fortunes in January. And how important is it to us that we've got Steve Seddon back? Uh, well, as we mentioned in uh, one of the previous episodes when we were rating him, I, mean, I think uh, Freddie gave him a 10. I think actually pretty much all of us gave him a 10. or I may have given him a 9, but uh, we both we all said he was probably the best signing we've made uh, in quite a number of seasons. Um, like the, uh, the impact alone has been ridiculous. Um, 
like we we did say that the left hand side wasn't our strongest side, especially with Lee Brown playing there. But since Steve came in, like it's been absolutely rejuvenated. Uh, his partnership with Ronan Curtis has been sensational, and uh, I mean it's probably the best news we're going to get um, in the next few months. Uh, so, I mean I can't complain. I, I was hoping that we would extend it. I think there was a little bit of worry that we wouldn't be able to, but I think considering the situation we're in, I think a lot of the players are having their loan deals extended and it was just a matter of time before Steve's was as well. Freddie, do you reckon we can get Raggett back then? <laughs> well, maybe. I don't, I don't see any reason why not because, well, unless Norwich want to carry a load of extra players just in case of injury because the Premier League is definitely starting it soon. I think the end of June, from what I remember. So, for some reason, they might want to carry him over, but I don't think they will. I think, hopefully, we should get Sean Raggett back until the end of whenever this season is, or if it's just for those playoff games. Yeah, let's do it, because I was getting a bit concerned if that all thinned out, then, you know, we might have a few issues. Um, you know, we all know how highly rated uh, good old Downing in the last um, episode, but I'd be more comfortable, I reckon, if we, um, if we kept Sean at the back. Um, just moving into centre-back talk, obviously, there's a lot of unease around Christian Burgess at the moment. Will he sign? Won't he sign? The club have basically said that he's looking to shop around or whatever. How do we feel this this sits, boys? Is this something, in my opinion, I feel that this is something that should have been looked to be closed in January. So it's gone on for a long time and the club have talked about not offering out contracts. They made an exception for Ronan Curtis. They didn't do it for Christian Burgess and now he's thinking about leaving. Is it the fault, Frowdy, of the club for not signing him earlier? Um, or is it just one of those things that happens in football and we should all accept it and clap him off into the sunshine if he does leave? Um, I, I feel like this has been a problem with the club for the last few seasons, actually. Um, I think, I, I know he was going to leave eventually, but we didn't sign like Ender Stevens early enough, like when we knew he was really good. And uh, he ended up like, obviously running down his contract and then going to Sheffield United. But I mean, looking at it now, he probably would have hit that level anyway, um, like hitting the Premier League. Uh, we've had it with Nathan Thompson. Uh, we didn't sign him early enough when we probably should have. Uh, we've uh, talked about like his replacement, James Bolton, hasn't been of the same impact as Nathan Thompson. Um, so it's just, a, I think it's just a thing with the club. Like, and it's it's got to change. We really have to sign these players on, uh, if we're going to sign them on long-term deals, because in lower leagues, it is a bit of a risk. It's more of a risk than the Premier League. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know really who is that fault of it. And uh, in my opinion, like I feel like we should sign him. Uh, he has actually improved a lot since... Uh, the back end of last season when uh, he was making quite a few mistakes and um, quite a lot of fans were getting onto it. But, I mean, he solidified his position at the back. And, I mean, his off-the-pitch stuff has been, like, incredible. Like, I, it's, I can't really speak high of him in that sense. So, you know, some of the things he's done for the community and uh, he's done for the club and uh, everyone else. Uh, so, yeah, um, it will be a shame to see him go. Um, I think, personally, for him, I probably would say that he's looking for, like, a last big payday because lower league players don't make enough to like live off for the rest of their lives uh, compared to obviously the top league so uh, if he does go then it will be sad for me but you know at the end of the day we'll have to replace him eventually so uh, if it has to be now then it has to be now Freddie? Yeah it's a shame isn't it from what I read in from uh, Jordan Cross in the news it seemed like a halfway house between if you wanted to put fault on people now obviously we all know that Portsmouth's old, uh, apparent old, quote-unquote, opinion for signing contracts in the middle of the season. We know they said, from what I remember, it was to do with not not distracting the players from the season, which I think's rubbish. I mean, uh, it surely, yeah, you, you, made, you, you made the exception for Ronan Curtis where, when suddenly he went on arguably his best season. So why couldn't you do the same thing for a pillar in a community and our best centre-half? and arguably one of the best centre-halves of the division as well. So that was a real shame. But I also understand why Burgess might look at it and go, well, if another club can give me double my wages, I would be an idiot to say no. So, so it's a bit of both going on. It's not like Nathan Thompson where he said, oh, I want to play at a high level in, in February and it immediately locked out of contract negotiations. It seems to me that um, Porsche have left it too late to offer a contract and then Burgess is going, well, why would I sign it now when I could wait for a few months, let the uncertainty go away a bit and see what offers they have for him? So, yeah, if you have to put a fault on it, it's, it's, 
halfway house between the both of them, but it would be a shame if he lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and he is hard to replace. I did make a point on Twitter that people are saying, you know, if he wants more money than he's worth, it's not worth signing him. And to a certain level, I agree. But I, I actually think people don't realise the the cost of having to go out and replace a good centre half like Christian Burgess. You know, the potential transfer fee involved, or you go to the down the free agent point of view, and you um you basically end up with a, a, a massive risk and potentially signing another another Downing who gets a one out of 10 in your in your end of season rankings. So, you know, someone who looked great somewhere else on paper, it looks good. And a lot of people go around saying this person could be better than Burgess, this person could be better than Burgess. But it's always, in my opinion, good to sign up the, the player who has been quality for us this season. Um, and you hope he can replicate that form. All right, now let's transition. Going on from that, let's say, let's get straight into it. We've done goalkeepers, defenders, Let's start with Burge. He's had a great season. We've already been through it. I'll kick us off. Christian Burgess, much improved on, on the season before, um, although I thought he did you know, did fairly well at the end of the season as well. So I think it's been a sort of a, a year and a half, apart from the, the gap for the old um, COVID-19. It, he's, he's been the rock at the back, hasn't he, really? And he's been the sort of player that we just were trying to find the right person to play alongside him all season. Yeah, can't really, don't really want to say much more about him, to be honest, that you already touched on. Have you guys got anything else to say? Have we all summed it up? We should go around to the rankings. Uh, he's been he's been uh, probably our best centre-half. Main ball-playing centre-half for um, getting the ball into the midfield. And yeah, he, he's had an excellent season. The fact that he's playing more now as the second centre-half, I think that's really good. When he was farmed out on the right, that was a bit ridiculous but we'll move we'll move on from that shall we but yeah a, a excellent player i want Paul Paulson to extend his contract even if you give him a, a longer term deal which takes him into his early 30s that'll be fine by me proudly give him a three-year contract uh <laughs> i think yeah uh if i mean uh, it's kind of hard for me to say really like i think he's played really well and i can't obviously fault his off the field stuff but <laughs> I think there there is a worry that he would um, struggle uh, like two years down the line, especially if if we do go up like this season or next season. I mean, will he be playing in the championship? He's a good option to have, but is he championship standard? That's the uh, that's the big question. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of hard. I'd probably say two years. I would give him, but I can understand why people would want him to get three years so he could time down. But that's my opinion on it. I think that might be one of the sticking points for whether Burgess would sign because I think if Portsmouth offered him a three-year deal, he would have that security. And I think for players who have been loyal to the club, yes, in that last year, it might things might get a bit ropey. I think well, the an example that I could bring up currently at Portsmouth is Gareth Evans, where people argued, oh, you're offered him one year too much. But personally, I would rather go for that than potentially either go for another free agent centre-half, who we, do, who we don't really know as well, or from, I remember when me and Hugh went over centre-halves and who we'd look for, people like Michael Iekwe cost would cost £2 million plus as a replacement. So I think Burgess would be the more financially stable option than either of those things, even if you have to give him an, give him an extra year. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, that financial cost of replacing him actually sort of offsets the you know, but in a long way offsets that cost of signing into an extra year, in my opinion. So I don't think it's a stupid financial thing. But you know what? Maybe they've got someone lined up already, boys. We don't know who it is, and I'll be absolutely amazed at the start of next season. Or maybe he signs. So anyway, let's go around the table. Uh, Proudy, what'd you give him out of 10? Uh, oh, this is be, uh, I think it, with his on-the-field stuff and his off-the-field stuff, I'd give him a 9. So... Well, uh, I was thinking of giving him a solid 8 out of 10. Excellent season. Bastion in the community now, so I think that's another reason why you should sign him. Had a little bit of a wobble at the beginning, but that was when Kenny Jacket was changing the defence around a lot. But yeah, solid 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, and I'm going to give him a 9. And the reason why is not just his off-the-field stuff, his on-the-field stuff, but the fact that he's managed to work up a partnership with someone like Sean Raggett, who we all thought at the start when he came in was... You know, he was out of position. He wasn't sure he's was doing as much. He was injured. But I actually think Burgess helped carry this defence, a fairly new defence, really. Um, and he's been the guy people were looking to to, to organise them. So he's really stepped up as well you know, as the leader at the back line. So I think it'd be a big loss, not only how he can play football, but across the defence generally and, and, you know, how they play. So 
Oh, well, hopefully it comes back. Uh, right, let's move on. Next person. And we're not going to go do all the young players, mates, because it will just be too long. But we're all going to Jack. Jack, what more? Frustrating season, Freddie. Tell us about it. Yeah, it would have been a frustrating for him, season for him with the injury. When he came back at certain t- at times, it was like he was never away, which made me feel excellent because any player to get out of, I think this is third long-term knee injury, I think. And any player to get over that, that, that takes some guts and courage that not many of us have. But but yeah, no, being out of the team to a certain extent, mainly because of how well Burgess and Raggett have played. But yeah, in the games, in the minutes he has played, he's I think he's played okay. Paddy? Um I mean, I'm just looking at his stats of the season. He's only actually played one game this season, uh, and that was uh, the Peterborough game where he got then uh, hooked at half time. So it was like uh, that. That I didn't quite understand why we threw him in uh, at the deep end in that match because uh, we knew how difficult um, Peterborough are uh, attacking wise, and uh, he clearly wasn't match fit. Um, I think he was on the bench uh, for quite a number of weeks uh, before he came on, uh, well, before you started against Peterborough. And the fact that he got hooked at halftime does not do well for his confidence either. Um, it's very frustrating as well for him because I, I hi- highly rate him. I think he's a, a great centre-back for us. You know, he's young as well. So if he didn't have these knee injuries, he would be definitely a, a first-choice uh, player for us uh, for a number of years. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just not gone well for him again, and uh, I kind of feel sorry for him. Where we go from here, like with him, I'm not too sure because his contract does expire next season, um, at, or at the end of next season. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably sign him on again, but we'll probably only give him like one more chance before we decide to get rid, just because of his injury proneness. And uh, but it is a shame because I do like Jack as a player. I, I think he's brilliant in the air, uh, very commanding centre back, but. He's just unlucky with injuries. He's got the ability, isn't he? If he was fit to be a, a decent passing championship uh, centre-back, I think, as a ceiling. Um, you know, he's obviously good in the ball. His positioning's good. You know, he's quick enough. He's mobile enough. Good in the air. He's got it all, really, isn't he, as a package. But unfortunately, with his injuries, um, and it's also doubly sad, really, isn't it, with him being a local lad, etc. And, you know, all of us want it to work out for Jack, but it's you can't give him... You, he's only he's only played one game again, and you see, he, he played he played in the the leasing trophy for ninety minutes. That was the game that I saw him in against Scunthorpe, where right. he played okay. One game in the league, yeah. so <laughs> one game in the league. Freddie's in there, but this is the thing: you, we're all talking about you know when we get Jack back, is that going to be a difference? And you know we were preaching caution on the podcast all season. You know can't count on Jack being the player to come back after January and. Unfortunately, it, it hasn't worked out again for him, so it's tough. And I'm I'm not sure how long um, fans, as well as um, as well as management, will actually keep faith in in him and you know keep re- helping him rehab and coming back on the pitch. So, Freddie, what do you reckon out of ten? Can you rate him? Even yeah. though he played those two games, Ugh. yeah. Tell hmm? Tell you what. Do you, want to, do you want to just give a rating of... Um, I'm, I'm going to give you an expectation for the season and then rating. Because I don't think it's fair to rate his performance on that basis. Just, you know, your expectations and where he was and, and what's happened, basically. Okay, well, I thought, uh, again, we, we preached caution on this podcast, didn't we, about him maybe not being the same player. In that cup game, he played very well. Got hooked in the Peterborough game, which was a bit harsh. I thought he he might be pretty much as he was considering that, well, he has to play football for nine months and it would he would slowly come back in and would only be used if the centre-half partnership wasn't good enough. Thankfully, it was at the end of the season. So, yeah, but if, if I had to give him a rating, I'd probably give him a five, mainly because in that cup game, he played very well and I thought, oh, suddenly he's going to challenge Raggett or Burgess and it would be a very good third option. But in that Peter game, it didn't work out for him at all. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a, you have to wait and see, really. To be honest, Brady, um, I think like I, I wasn't. Oh, actually, I probably expected him to be involved in the first few games of the season, but obviously uh, injuries like paid uh, a price to that. Um, I think it's it's going to sound harsh, but I'm trying to be like in put in comparison to a lot of the other players who I've marked quite harshly. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him a three. I know it wasn't his fault for the Peterborough game, but um, you know, I think. 
it's just not worked out for him this season at all. And I can't really rate him any higher than that because then I think uh, if I rate any players lower than a five in the same bracket as Jack, it just wouldn't make sense. Uh, oh, sorry, if I rated any players higher and they played more games, then uh, yeah, be a bit harsh. But yeah, it's just uh, that's how I see it. I think a three out of ten uh, for Jack this year, even though I don't really want to rate him that, but he's not played enough to like warrant any higher. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Jack Watmore. I'm going to put that out there. Big fan of his game, and I've already said that, but I'm going to give him a two. Um, and that's purely based on the fact that I gave Paul Downing a one, um, and I think it's a little bit harsh rating him above, but that's purely on the basis that I think he might have more to contribute to the team if he does get healthy and come back. Cool. All right, let's bounce on. Next one. Sorry, Jack, about that. Lee Brown, the man who might be signing a new contract, boys. Is he signing a new contract? What do you reckon? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Well... well... This might sound stupid at first, but I think Kenny Jackett would see him as a luxury, a luxury player where you play him, he'll give six or seven out of ten every single game, and then that'll be about it. But whether, with everything that's going on, Portsmouth could afford a player like that, I'm not so sure. Especially if you, if you can get a player like Steve Seddon to replace him. It's night and day, tactically and momentum-wise, whenever he plays ahead of Brown. Brown's been okay, but he's had struggles this season, but going forward, his crossing isn't that great at times. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure whether Kenny would offer him a new contract. If it was me, if, if he had to offer Houndstrup or Brown a contract, I'd offer Houndstrup the contract if he wanted it instead. But I think there's, I think there could be plenty of other options out there instead. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think... Uh... <laughs> Signing, like I don't like dislike Lee Brown as a player. I think uh, he's quite solid defensively, but like attacking wise, doesn't really offer much for us. Um, I think it would probably show our sort of ambition uh, in a way if we were to uh, extend his contract. Um, I think like we need to be sort of progressing forward as a club and. Uh, tactically, we need to pro- uh, be progressing. And I think uh, a player like Lee Brown would do quite well at League One level. We would be a solid League One player. But, you know, we're, we're a team, as I mentioned many times before, we're a team that are trying to chase promotion. And, you know, if we sign Lee Brown to a contract, uh, we're going to end up playing him in the championship. And I think he would be horribly exposed, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he would be good enough at that level. Um, I know I've signed in a little bit harsher tonight than previous episodes, but I just... I'm trying to be quite uh, pragmatic about it. I just want like the best for Pompey, and I just uh, unfortunately I just don't feel like players like Lee Brown uh, getting contract extensions would be the best for us. No, I think it's fair to say that he's regressed a bit this season, obviously they injury, etc. But yeah, I think it's fair to say he's regressed. He's down the pecking order. However, and throw this out there: yes, we've extended Steve Seddon for a month. Houndstrip, I think he needs to play now, first choice somewhere. So he'll want to play somewhere. If Seddon comes back or if someone else is signed at left back, I wouldn't think it was past the realm of possibility that Kenny Jacket signs Lee Brown to a contract and keeps him as a as a second, you know, a one B or whatever uh, at left back, which could infuriate some fans as well as Jacket might decide he's more solid defensively and start him over whoever's at left back. So it's difficult. Obviously, he fits in the squad well. He's made assistant captain or whatever. But I think on the field this season, it's not been it's not been great from Lee Brown. And um, yeah, yes, it's it's a bit unfortunate really for him because I thought last season he had some good chemistry with Ronan Curtis. You know, he's a solid left back. But again, championship, not quite sure about that. So let's see how everyone else rates him. Let's go around the table, Freddie. Well, I'll probably ruin my ratings considering what I rated Jack Watmore earlier. I think I'll have to leave that as an anomaly, I think. <sighs> Lee Brown's been average, but I think I'll probably rate him the same. I'll probably give him a five. In some games, he's been okay. But I think it's more down to the fact that when a different sort of left-back is put in and Andy Cannon is playing as well, that left side is dynamite at times for Portsmouth. And when Lee Brown sometimes plays there, it's just not the same. Um, I think for me, I'd probably rate him a five as well. I think he's played enough games to warrant like a higher rating. I don't think he's played awfully, but um, yeah, he's just not like I mean, compar- compared to like Houndstrup and Seddon, 
I think uh, he probably will get a lower rating than uh, if uh, one of those two hadn't been signed or had been playing. So, um, yeah, I'd give uh, Lee Brown a five. Yeah, I'll give him a five as well. Cool. Let's move on. Houndstrip. We've sort of covered it already. Is there anything additional you want to talk about with Brandon as well as Lee Brown? Because I mentioned already about the the contract situation. I, I actually don't expect him to be back next season. I think he's out the door. I think, you know, he's 23 years old. He's played bit part seasons, been promised more game time for years. And then, you know, it ended up with could have played him at, at left back, I suppose, when I got Steve Seddon. Not against that move, but it, it does really show, I think, that Jacket's not put his faith in Houndstrip being the next the next left back, even though he's clearly a bit more technical had more technical ability. Looked good at right back for me this season. I thought, you know, for a left back playing on the other side, I thought it was good, went forward well, got some assists. I'm pretty happy with that, but I'm happy with his performances. I just don't see him being here. Proudy? Yeah, um, it's quite disappointing because, you know, I, I've rated Brandon very highly uh, for the last few years. I think uh, since probably Jacket's first season, or probably even Cook's last season, actually, like uh, he played uh, a number of games in that season. But like in Kenny Jacket's like first season, he played quite a number of games in comparison to the last two seasons. And, um, you know, I've always rated him highly. I think he's really good sacking wise, probably not as good as Steve Seddon, but like he could definitely bomb up the wing. Uh, and he's got a pretty good delivery on him. Um, I think it shows you like how like good he's sort of been this season when he's not played. When considering we played him out of position at right back, uh, and uh, he's performed really well. Like uh, he filled in really well when Ross McCrory was injured and James Bolton was out of form. Uh, but then he obviously got dropped from the squad again and uh, hasn't really featured since then. Um, it's a bit of a shame for him because, uh, as I said, I, I do rate him really highly. Uh, but I'm sure he'll be a, a great you know, player for a, a number of clubs in League One and League Two. Uh, he might end up being like Dan Butler again, dropping out, maybe dropping out of the league and then coming back up like to a higher level. So, um, but yeah, if, if Brandon does move at the end of the season, which I mean, we're 90% sure he will, then I wish him good luck for the future because uh, I think he's a very good player. There's supposed to be some interest as well in him, I've heard Proudy, from clubs in our league. Mm. I, I mean, not, as I'm I said, surprised. it'll be good. It'll be good mm. for those clubs as well. Like the fact he can play left back and right back and he is left footed playing right back and he got two assists against Southend uh, and he came off the bench as well. Like that shows you that he can play like on either fullback and he is a very good player at this level. But unfortunately, Kenny just doesn't rate him highly enough to play him and uh, obviously brought in Steve at January. So uh, it's a shame, but you know, that's football, isn't it? Freddie? Yeah, well, I agree with everything that's been said and that make, that's really sad. I think it's another technically, technically very good player who Kay Jacket just hasn't put faith in, and, I, I, and it will it will come back to bite him again. You've already looked, seen how well Connor Chaplin's doing in a footballing side at a higher level than that. I think Hanstrup could be another player, another young Portsmouth player from the area who, who who will be let go for nothing because the manager doesn't rate him, and then in two seasons he'll be playing maybe around the same level that Portsmouth are, which would be very sad. But whatever I've seen him play, he's been excellent at going forward. Either, uh, maybe some bias, but I saw him in um, Rochdale away. When he played right back on the wrong side, he linked up He linked up with the right winger very, very well, even on his wrong foot. And yeah, it's just a shame that he hasn't got that game time. And if he, and if he wants to go and get that game time somewhere else, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah. All right, I'll start off. I'm actually going to give... Um, it's pretty. It's a bit difficult to rate him because it's only rated him on what he's seen this season. It's been good when we've seen him, but I haven't seen him enough this season. And whether that's his fault or not his fault is, is not his fault. But I'm going to have to give the six. I think that's fair enough. I'd probably say the same. Uh, I think yeah. if he played a number more games, I would give him a higher rating, but... You know, he's played well in the games that he has, you know, obviously I said, you know, he's played very well in the games that he's played in, but yeah, he's just not played enough to warrant a higher rating than six. Yeah, I would probably give him a six out of ten as well. And if you remember that goal, he scored against Harrogate. That was a be- that was beautiful. And it shows what what he can do when he's actually played. Nice one. Now let's go into the mutinous skipper, Tom Naylor. We're into the midfield boys. He made it past the defence, which is quite impressive. But yeah. So, Tom Naylor, Freddie, kick us off. Uh, solid season when he's played in centre midfield. He obviously should play there now. All that timing when um, 
Kenny was fiddling around, playing Naylor at, at, at centre half, and him being and then sort of losing the midfield all the time. He's a classic, classic example of that sort of player who, when he's not in the side, you notice immediately. But when sometimes it's in the middle of the season and, he, and he's always a lock on in the starting eleven, sometimes he goes missing. But that's the sort of reliable ball-winning midfielder that this system relies on anyway. And I don't rate him as highly as Neil Allen, honestly. But he's had a strong season for me, mainly does, defensively. <laughs> mainly defensively. <laughs> Sometimes he still can't pass the ball forwards. But he's pretty much good at what he's asked to do in terms of recycling the play and breaking up counter-attacks, which is exactly what he's for. I think he's had a reasonable season. Uh, I think defensively... Um... I, I sorry in his position, uh, it's very hard to like stand out because uh, essentially his job, as Freddie said, is to uh, break up counter attacks and just get the ball. He's basically like the water carrier. Uh, I think that's what they call those sort of players. You know, just get the ball to the more creative players as fast as possible, and then you know start like attacks. So. I mean, yes, solid season. Um, like I can't really complain. Uh, he's not been. Uh, I, I think there is a bit of worry about his discipline sometimes but I think he's sort of mellowed down the season I think last season he picked up uh, a considerable amount of yellow cards um, especially towards uh, like the end of the season uh, I think this season he has mellowed out a bit more so he's definitely playing um, more regularly uh, but yeah it, as I said, like the start of the season was probably a bit of a, a weird one for him because he was getting moved around at centre back and defensive midfield uh, but I think once he solidified himself at that defensive midfield spot and once Kenny actually knew that he can't play centre back and we lose the midfield because he's playing centre back because I think the last game we played centre back was the 4-1 defeat against Accrington and uh, I mean the less said about that game the better so uh, I think Kenny knows what his best position is and that he is needed in that midfield to solidify uh, the middle of the park Um but, you know, defensive midfielders aren't going to get all the plaudits. Uh, he's done as well as he can in that position. Uh, to give a bit of context to how well he's played, um, for me, um, on, on Scout, I'm using these stats, um, 36% of all his recoveries have been in the opposition half. So he's not entirely used in that deep right, deeper role, which a lot of people argue about. He does win a fair few tackles up the pitch, which is crucial for Portsmouth in the way they play. And he also wins 62% of his defensive duels, so whenever he makes a tackle or an aerial challenge and so on. And 65% of his aerial duels he wins as well, which is very good for a centre defensive fielder at this level. Impressive, isn't he? He's not just sort of like the... He does play that sort of holding midfield role, doesn't he? Um, I think when Pompey are on the front foot, actually impressing a little bit, that's when he's winning those the ball back up the field further, Freddie. So... Um, not when he's just sat back and Pompey are trying to desperately defend the league, but when they're actually playing well uh, and pressing other teams, that's when he's further up the pitch and able to win the ball back and actually start something. So, but for me, he is sort of just some sort of, uh, he's just a bit like the Pompey Claude Makaleli, isn't he? Um, he can pick up the ball and he distributes it and he, he can't pass very well when it goes long or whatever, but at the end of the day, doesn't need to. Just keep your ball, keep it simple, get it forward. Um, and yeah, we miss him when he's not in the team. And as Proudy said, um, he's calmed down a little bit this season, so he's not thrown the ball in anyone's face like Chris McGuire. Although I'd probably do that as well if I saw him. To be honest, he's got one of those faces. But yeah, no, I think it's been a it's been a good season from him overall. So I'm probably pretty happy with Tom Naylor. Uh, I definitely don't rate him as highly as Neil Allen. Um, so, but you know, can't give a man nine out of ten every day if you, even if you don't see him create anything. So yeah, all right, Freddie, what would you give him? Uh, I would give him a solid 8 out of 10 in a similar way to um, Burgess getting an 8 out of 10 for, for his season. So, yeah, defensively very solid. And no, I'm not going to rate him any higher like Neil Allen would do. But no, very good season for Tom Naylor. Uh, I think I would uh, agree with that, uh, 8 out of 10. Uh, I think, um, you know, he, he's going to get as high as that. I, I think the only way you'd get higher is if he uh, scored a lot more goals, but that's not his role. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'll give him an eight as well. All right, cool. Um, let's go on to the next person. And oh, let's touch on it. Did, did Brent Morris even play the game this season? Uh, I'm not even sure, actually. It was wasn't the last game he played uh, the South End 3-3. I feel like that was the last game I saw him in. Um, I, I, yeah, I yeah he, has, he hasn't played a game this season. Yeah. Oh, not, I mean, no offence, Brent, if you're listening, bro, but... Um, Let's just move on. All right, Andy Cannon. Cool. 
Um, is it my turn to start us off, or is it your it, turn, Friday? Uh, I, I mean, I'm more than happy to start. Go, so, do cannon. Uh, well, I mean, uh, a player that I think a lot of Pompey fans have been wanting to see uh, play a lot more, and then when he actually has been playing, uh, especially in that number 10 role, um, I think he's. you can see the difference he brings to the team. Uh, I think uh, he just never seems to stop running, seems to have high energy all the time, presses players. Um, I think the only disappointing thing about his season is that he doesn't finish games. Like, uh, Jacket seems to uh, hook him off uh, like after about 70 minutes, uh, pretty much uh, the standard for him. Um, but yeah, uh, a great player. I, I think uh, we were... I, actually, I can't remember when we signed him, which position he played. I think he played centre midfield uh, the majority of the time. Um at Rochdale, but I think when we signed him, uh, Kenny said he was going to play him attacking midfield, and I think he's played uh, pretty well when he's played attacking midfield. I mean, he hasn't scored as many goals as I probably he probably would have hoped to have liked. Uh, only got his first goal this season for us against MK Dons. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he, he brings a lot of energy to the team. Uh, someone we definitely need uh, attacking midfield. I think we can definitely see a difference, such as Naylor, if he doesn't play defensive midfield, if Cannon doesn't play. I think there is a, a bit of a problem in that um, number 10 role. But, uh, yeah, I think he's had a good season. Is that, is that, yeah, exactly. I would completely agree with pretty much everything you said. Whenever he played in centre midfield on that left-hand side with Nader on the right as the double pivot, he's been excellent there. Main thing for me is whenever he, whenever he plays, ports of press a lot more. That's mainly due to Cannon's work rate constantly pressing, constantly trying to get the ball back and linking up the play with that left-hand side with Seddon and Curtis, which has been so dominant this season. And sometimes when he's not in that centre midfield, Ports of lose that area, that area of the pitch quite easily. I think in terms of him not scoring enough goals, if he's not playing, if he's not playing in the cam, I don't mind that because for me, he, offer, he offers um, a lot more due to the fact that he, he's making space for the for the wide areas where ports of have a lot of their creativity where they can put crosses into the box and the, and the wingers can cut inside so yeah whenever Andy Cannon's played I think he's had an excellent season arguably should have played a lot more a lot more at the beginning of the season as well so yeah I, I, I could see him even though that even though now there's probably going to be a bit of a fight for that second for that second centre midfield spot where you, where you got Cannon if we extend McGeehan and close as well for that one spot. I think maybe you might have to train one of them at Cam. And to a certain extent, Andy uh, Cannon could play there. But but for me, I I would use him in the double pivot. He works so well in that position. Yeah, I agree, Freddie. Um, just so people understand, if they're not unsure about what a double pivot is, it just means two players pressing forward and one holding back, basically, like an upside-down triangle in a three-man midfield. Um yeah, yeah. So I think he, he he performs better in that situation, doesn't he? When he's not the the focal point of the attack in that cam role, but when he's two players pressing up the field, winning the ball back, getting things going, dribbling, passing short passes, through balls. That's what his game's about, really, isn't it? And I think when he gets involved in a game, the more he gets involved, uh, the better he is, actually. Um I've been impressed with him, and especially we signed him for, for pretty much nothing as well, didn't we? Originally from um, from Rochdale, and he, he's been he's been outstanding really for us. I can't can't say much can't say much against Andy Cannon. It was ninety grand or something going to transfer market, so it's an absolute win. I think he'll be a good player for us, squad player. I think I do feel in a more attacking team where he's you know one of two attacking midfielders going forward, and you know. I think he'd do better. So rather than being the spearhead of the attack, but generally hasn't scored as that many goals. But I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with Andy Cannon this season, and yeah, yeah, pretty decent. So let's go have a table then, Proudy. What do you reckon out of ten? Uh, I'd probably say, well, I mean, I said he's had a good season, but I'm going to give him a seven just because I think uh, quite a lot of people would probably assume they would have scored more and got a more assist this season. Uh, but I think if he was to continue playing, then I think he would definitely get those stats up. So I'll give him a seven. Uh, I'm going to rate him a bit higher than that. I'm going to give him a nine for a couple of reasons. One, I think to a certain extent for him, I don't mind the fact that he's not got many goals and assists. The amount, the amount that he does off, off the ball and the, amount, and the amount of freedom he gives the other players more than makes up for his lack of production when he's playing a bit further back. And 
whenever whenever he doesn't play, I do notice that Portsmouth get overrun in the midfield a lot. So yeah, I I, I can't um, put him any lower than that personally. Freddie, do you reckon this game translates into the championship? You say it's hard hmm. work based. Then you're giving him a a higher rating than Proudy based on the things he does off the ball, etc. But are, are those things translatable to Championship football without the output for a centre attacking midfielder, you know, or centre midfielder? He will need to improve that output if um, at Championship level, yeah. But I think if if he would have played more, he would have got a couple more goals assists as well. But it it, it depends the players that you have around him. I think if if it, if Porsche had a more creative cam, then I think I, I I would put Andy Cannon in those two centre midfielder roles in the championship. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue about that. Maybe it's just me rating him too highly. We'll see. I'm going to give him an eight, um, and and it is for a mixture of the different things that you two guys have said. But I think he's one of those players that has the potential to to score a few more goals and assists. And I think maybe if he didn't have to battle his way into the team so difficultly at the start of the season and as well get taken off so much by Jacket as well, then he actually he would have some more goals and assists to his name. But um yeah, I'd like to see him push on a bit. I think he's just about earned an eight, but it was close between a seven and an eight for me on that one. So oh, you know, let's go with the positivity. Closey. It's been a bit of an odd season, I think, as well with Ben Close. Because you know, he's had some absolute outstanding moments. Uh, the goal at home against Tramir, for instance. Was it Tramir? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was um that was absolutely outstanding. Twenty nine games, three goals, I think it is in the league. Um yeah, three goals, three assists. Hasn't hasn't set the world on fire though, a little bit like him. You know, I really rate Ben Close. I think he's, you know, a great passing player. I think when he has a bit of freedom to go forward, he's good. He arrives late in the box. I like that about him. I think he's technically got the ability to play a higher level for the championship. Just waiting for a few things to all fall together. Um, but I do think actually it's a little bit to do with can he be that player? for us under Kenny Jacket in the system that we play, because if you play him next to Tom Naylor and ask him to do the same thing as Tom Naylor does, it's pointless playing close there. It's absolutely pointless. People say he's a bit lightweight or, you know, not as good in the tackle. I think that's a bit overstated, but at the same time, you've got to let Ben Close get the ball and, and start playing the ball properly and getting forward and doing what he does best, which is getting things ticking. Yeah. I think, I think that he could go to another top team and be, and be a great player. So I hope that, Either Kenny Jacket or whoever's here manages to unlock and understand how to play Ben Kais a bit better, and then hopefully he can press on. But that's my analysis. Uh, Proudy, what do you reckon? Uh, I think I agree with that. Um, I think that there are we've we've mentioned this before as well. There, there's certain players that play at a lower level, uh, and it doesn't seem to suit them. But once you put them at a higher level, it seems to suit them better because their game is adapted to that. I think uh, the way that Close plays as that sort of deep line playmaker. Um, I think like the championship would actually suit him better, uh, and I think fans wouldn't criticize him as much because I think he does get a lot of unfair criticism uh, from people, um, especially when I mean we look at our other like centre midfield options and they're not like in form or they're not as good um, or, or they're just not match fit. Uh, so I think like Ben Close has had a, a fairly good season uh, on his standards. I think um, I, th- I think he could definitely do a lot more. Uh, like, I'm not saying that he's the perfect centre midfielder for us. I think he can definitely improve in some aspects. As you mentioned, the tackling uh, is one of his uh, key criticisms. But I think you know put him in the championship side, and I think he could thrive in that sort of uh, sort of system where a team keep the ball quite well. Um, so, yeah, I, and I've just said, you know, keep the ball very well. And that's not really the Pompey sort of uh, tactic, uh, tactical plan that we seem to play recently. Uh, but I think if you were to put him into a side that are quite possession heavy and you know, possession based sides, I think he could thrive really well. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. May, maybe he probably wouldn't do very well in the championship under us. But I think, yeah, give it, put him in a team that keep the ball very well, like West Brom or um, someone like that. And they probably uh, would see the best of Ben Close. I think whenever I go to games, he's the player that divides opinion the most from all the fans that I talk to. Loads of fans give him absolute pasters for going missing in games or for or for not doing enough, quote-unquote, in games when he's ticking the midfield. 
But in certain games, you've seen, you've seen Pompey in certain games where they miss out the midfield completely. The ball's recycled to the full-backs and it's just a direct ball to the wingers. So in that sense, close goes missing at times. But when he's on it, he's on it in that deep-line playmaker role that Proudy suggested. In a certain situation, I wouldn't mind it trying him at Cam or playing a 4-3-3 with an Andy Cannon next to him just to give Ben Close that little bit of freedom, that creative freedom, which I think he needs. Sometimes being right next to Tom Naylor, sometimes I see him being shackled a bit. Uh, but And then against, as Proudy said, against certain League One sides where they, where they play bruising centre midfielders, Ben Close can go missing. But I really think in the long term, he is that centre midfielder who in the championship, with slight tweaks to the way Ports would play, I think Blancos would play really well. In terms of this season, has it hasn't kicked on as well as I thought he would do. I think he personally he played better last season, but he's he's still a very good player, and I don't see why people get on him as much as they do. Cool, let's go around the table. I'm going to give Ben a... I think it's pretty difficult. I do have big expectations for him. I think he's a good player, but he's, he hasn't done as well as I wanted. Do you know what? I'll be nice up slash safe and give him a seven, but I, I did think about giving him a six, actually. Um, and that is purely based on sort of expectations that I've got for Ben, and he hasn't got the goals and assists, but I think that's more of a role situation, as I mentioned, so I'm going to give him a seven. I think uh, I'd agree with you on that as well. Um, I think uh, last season uh, he he got eight goals and uh, he didn't get as many assists as he has this season. I think he only got one assist last season. Uh, So I think, uh, but I think that the role that he plays is quite overlooked. Um, So I'd probably give him a seven as well. Yeah, I would add on to that. Sometimes when Ben Close doesn't play, Ports have have lose the tempo in the midfield a lot. But then again, that's the same with Andy Cannon not playing. I think if you if you play a player like Tom Naylor, you need that sort of player next to him just to give a bit of energy to that midfield. And I personally would play both of them and not play the, the number ten at all. But hey, I'm not I, I'm not being employed by Portsmouth at the moment. Not yet, though. Anyway, Freddie, <laughs> no chance, no chance. No, he's got other offers. He's Christian Burgessing us people. He's out there. <laughs> 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 Only joking, Bird. Sign a contract. Love you, um, Ryan Williams. Boys, let's go into it. Another player that divides a uh, divides opinion. Proudy. Did we go for him last time? We did. Move on. Forget me. <laughs> <laughs> He's the signing. Gareth Evans. Proudy. Oh well. Um, well. What can we say about Gareth? Uh, I think it's a bit sad how uh, he seems to have declined very fast. Uh, considering that Jacket put a lot of faith in him uh, last season. Um, I think he had uh, quite a good season uh, in 18-19, playing in that number 10 role. But it hasn't seemed to have worked out for him. And also, like he he lost the captaincy as well last season. He was uh, the standing captain when Brett Pittman wasn't playing. And then he's ended up losing that role as well. Uh, and then I'm sort of looking at like where he's been playing. He plays everywhere. He's a very versatile player. He's played centre midfield, attacking midfield, left mid, right mid. Uh, he's played everywhere. And, you know, I can't fault him for his versatility. But in terms of his contribution, it, it just hasn't seemed to have worked out for him as well. He's got five goals this season, but then he's just hasn't played as consistently as he probably would have liked. I think even in the games that he's played in where he's played 90 minutes, sometimes he goes missing or he doesn't seem to have the effect that a player like him should have. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just sad because like, as I said, like 18, 19 was probably one of the best seasons I've seen from Gareth Evans. And this season, it just hasn't seemed to have worked out for him. And I don't know whether him being dropped as like the second captain or, uh, or captain this season, if he was made captain and it was given to Tom Naylor did affect him. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a shame because I, I do like Gareth Evans. I think he's a hardworking player. Uh, you know, he, uh, I can't really fault his running. Um, sometimes uh, when he plays out wide, he's not as effective as other wingers we've had, like Curtis and Lowe and uh, Harness. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I suppose he's just not the number 10 that we thought he might be. And, uh, yeah, just, just not worked out for him, unfortunately, this season. Yeah, it's really, it, it's really sad. I think for me, Gareth, Gareth is one of those players who has to play every week to maintain very good form. 
you saw you saw him in the Paul Cook season where he got promoted. He 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 played out of position at right back for a lot of the season, but he got better and better every single time. And last season he was exceptional at that at that number ten role, arriving late into the penalty area, contributing with the passing, being very prolific that season. But really, these 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 are stats last season: thirteen goals, seven assists, and all comps last season. But this season. Five goals, zero assists, and then maybe just he's played about a third of the amount of time he played last season, which I think has affected him a lot. And it's a real shame. I, I, Gareth Ben's been an excellent Portsmouth player, and I just wish he had a better season. But yeah, it's been tough for him. Yeah, it's been tough all round, isn't it, for everyone I think involved? Um, I don't know. He's one of those players that I think if he's on his game, and as you say, Freddie playing a lot, and, and you know, he. He's got the ability to be quite a good a good cam in some ways, arriving in the box, adding goals, scoring. His passing was good as well. Hasn't worked out for him this season. Is it a drop-off from him? Is it an age drop-off? Or is it actually the fact that he's just not being, you know, he's not being used properly and the fact is he's out of favour or something in the middle? But from what I've seen this season, you know, maybe a bit of both. But, yeah, it's been a bit disappointing for Gareth. So, all right, let's go on the table. Uh, I, I'd probably give him. It sounds again. It sounds harsh that I'm giving him this rating, but I'd give him a five. I think in comparison to last season, just not performed as well. Uh, as Freddie mentioned, it's probably because he isn't playing enough and he can't get that consistency going. Um, I mean, five goals for a player that hasn't played as many minutes isn't that bad, but I, I think in games which he's played, I, I just don't think he's been as effective this season. I think I'll give him a five as well. Even though in some games I've seen him, uh, I, I couldn't fault him in some of those games. I think I remember Doncaster away, where, where he, he, he scored Portsmouth's first goal. I had no doubts in my mind he was going to score. But the, that rating is mainly due to the fact that of how well he played last season. And this season just hasn't shaped up in the same way. I'll give him a six, because I think the goal output per game is fine, but yeah, and he hasn't been used enough. A six is fine. I'm going to give him a six. All right, let's move on to the next one. Ronan Curtis. Ready? Exceptional player. And more more so, how he overcame adversity at the beginning of the season. I think it was pretty clear, considering that he came from Irish football uh, when we first signed him. That season didn't end, so he went straight from Derry all the way to Portsmouth. Didn't really have a rest. Flung into the first team, played really well, but then dropped off a bit. And I think that drop off was honestly mainly because of the fact that um, he was he was knackered. And then where he, I'm glad that K Jacket gave him that rest for a few games, made him reset himself. And then and then ever since, well, we all know how he's played ever since. He's been he's been an exceptional player, one of the first names on the team sheet, and his his output's been ridiculous this season. Hmm. Uh, I think. Um... He's he's one of those players that I would hate to play against, but love to have in my team. Uh, I think it's I like to call it like the Diego Costa syndrome. Like it's it's sort of like that. Like he's the sort of player that you know when you're playing against him, he's a complete. I, I don't want to swear, but he's he, he just rolls up opposition players. Uh, you know, um, and like the way he sort of acts on the pitch uh, is the sort of player that um, fans love to hate. Uh, you know, it's sort of, but I, I think he's been brilliant this season. Uh, obviously, last season his uh, contributions were like pretty insane for a left winger. I think he had 11 goals and 12 assists. Uh, this season he's got 11 goals and five assists, so he hasn't obviously assisted as much this season. Uh, mainly probably due to the fact that you know there's just uh, different strikers, you know, a different service and whatnot. But I think he's been absolutely brilliant uh, once again this season. Uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Pompey, have got. Uh, and uh, I'm not surprised Kenny Jacket like keeps faith in him because there's a lot of games that he hasn't actually been hooked off uh, quite early or like after 60 minutes. So shows you uh, how important he is to the side. It says a lot that as well, Ports have broke that ridiculous rule in January to offer him a new deal. That's how well he's played. Yeah, completely. And, and also just to add on that, I suppose we've got because we've got about six minutes through the last two players after this. So yeah, just to, just to finish that off, what I'd like to say is that Ronan has actually worked on it. He's got better and better. Um, obviously, he stayed with us. He could have. He could have not done that. I know the clubs were interested. Um, he wants to get into the island team. He's a man on a mission. He's determined. And and also, he's got better. He's got better with his left foot. His crossing. 
It always looked a bit weak. He always was looking to come back inside and shoot. He's overcome that now. He can go left and right, which makes him a real dynamic winger, which before was a little bit lacking. And people said he could be a bit of a one-trick pony in that sense, but not anymore. And now he keeps going left and suddenly he comes back inside and shoots and it really throws players and keepers off. So I think he's our best player at the moment on the field. I think it's fair to say. I think he's our most valuable player. Um, and he's the sort of player that if you, you know, in a playoff situation, potentially against Oxford, you'll be looking to get a goal for us. So, all right, let's go around the table. Go. Uh, Freddie, you were first, weren't you? Oh, right. Hey, Freddie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not very good with these ratings. I would give him, okay, let's go, let's go out there. I'll give him a 10. Exceptional season. Yes, he didn't play well for those first couple of games, but to have, have the guts and determination to get over that, play some of the best football he's ever played, improved massively from last season, offers our main source of goals and assists in most games. Can you? I think I'm justified to give him a 10. Uh, I would agree. Uh, 10 out of 10. I think that's the first one I've given out. Like The sort of player that you, you just want to love. And uh, I'm glad that he plays for us. Yeah, let's give him a 10. Let's move on. He's, he's a ledge. Ronan, stay for as long as you can. <laughs> um... <laughs> Brett Pittman and Ollie Hawkins left to do boys. Let's do Brett Pittman. Um, let's, I'll start us off. I've been bloody frustrated with him for a while. Sorry, Brett. Um, too slow up front. Can't hold on to the ball. Def can't hold the line in that sense. Um, and at number 10, he was really slowing everything down. You see the difference players like Cannon have made coming into that role, McGeehan or whatever. You know, he was great for us. He scored loads of goals. He's been a good servant to the club, but... Um, you know, I think his his contract's up and he's going to be off. And I hope wish him well and hope he does well at another team. Um, you know, it was talked about going to Swindon. I think that'd be a good match for him. Um, I don't know how they've done. Oh no, they've got players back now. But that sort of club, uh, a passing team who will literally put the ball into him and let him poke it in the net. I think he's still got that ability. Probably in the top end of the league too. Ready? Yeah, I, I, I think the same. To be honest, uh, the way that. Brett Putin scored those 25 goals in his first season. He was exceptional. But it's, it's, it's a shame that he hasn't been able to do that. But um, I think it's because many of the tactics have changed a bit. It's not just the entire tactic to get the ball to Brett Pittman all the time. I think Portsmouth have played better when they haven't done that. He played fairly well in his second season, but this third season he hasn't played that well at all for me, uh, which is a real shame. And yeah, if his contract's up in the summer, he's a high earner. And if he's not going to play, why have him? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame because I've always liked Brett Pittman. Um, like I've always quite enjoyed watching him. I think he's it might be clutching, but like I think he is probably the most natural finisher we have. Uh, but unfortunately, like he's too slow, as you said, uh, and he, he won't get into those positions. Um, I think he's definitely better when he plays up front. But the problem is, is that he just doesn't link up the play as well as uh, he should do. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know he's done a great service to the club. I think over the three years. And uh, I hope uh, he does very well at his next club. Yeah, let's go on the table. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to give him a four. Yeah, I'll give him a four as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go a bit worse. I'm going to give him a three. For, for, for me, he detracts a lot whenever he plays, especially when playing at Cam, since he wants to play there. But if he plays at Cam, it's, like, it's sometimes like playing a four-four-two. but he just doesn't work hard enough off the ball for me. I'm not sure whether uh, I'm not sure whether it's a mentality thing because he thinks he's he wants to play more, or if it's because he can't at that level anymore. And I don't see why people always clamour to have him back in because whenever he seems to get that chance for those two or three games, he just doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have given him a bit less probably, but Freddie, what was your score? What's your number? It was a three. Three. Cool. Last one, Ollie Hawkins. Last but not least, mate. Um, Proudy. Yes, uh, it's not really worked out for him either this season. I think, um, you know, Kenny Jacket like put a lot of faith in bringing him here. Uh, I didn't really rate him that highly when he first came to the club. Uh, I think he um, he sort of was like Michael Smith uh, under Cook. Like he, he was playing a lot, but just didn't seem to uh, like get the goals or or actually do what the role that he was intended to do. Um, He's filled in well at centre-back, even though that's not his natural position. Uh, I think he uh, he's played a few games at centre-back this season as well, so he's he's got a bit of versatility about him. But, yeah, it's just it's not worked out for him. And I think his contract's up at the end of the season, isn't it? So I think he's going to be another player that will uh, hopefully have a, a career in the Football League. But, um, yeah, it's 
fair, a good player, but it's just not like good enough for Pompey. Uh, I would say the same. He's been thrown in the deep end for playing centre half, and I give him a lot of credit for the efforts that he has played there. So in certain games he didn't look to look out of place, but in certain games it was obvious that the centre half wasn't his natural position. And as a and as a centre forward for me, I'm sorry, it's just not prolific enough. Even though he, he, last season he did excellent work off the ball, and uh, which gave, which gives it gave the team a lot of credit, but this season it just again it just hasn't worked out. No. Yeah, and wishing the best. I think he could do well for a lower league, League One side, especially spearheading the attack for a team who need that guy to bring other players into play as well. So let's go around the table. Let's start it from there. Go. What's his ratings? Uh, I'll give him a. I'll give him a four. Uh, I think I'll give him a three. And I'll give him a two. Right. All right, people. Um, that is literally bang on an hour, boys, and we've done the whole squad apart from some young players, but. We'll look into those in another episode, but cheers for being on the podcast, lads. Freddie? Absolute pleasure here. Thanks very much. I'm proudy. Cheers, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I uh, look no. forward to uh, Pompey coming back and uh, hopefully getting promoted. Well, and when I actually come up with another idea, we'll get you, get you both back on and, uh, and do another one of these series. Excellent. I can't wait. Can't wait. Nice yeah, one. Be great. Nice one. Cheers, boys. And until next time, Claire Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!